<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Oh, you, you got got, lady. What do you mean? You got got. You got the COVID, oh, baby. Fuck. Yeah, but like barely. Not- okay, so yes. For those of you listening, I went to a super spreader event on Thanksgiving, unfortunately, <laughs> with like some of the most diligently careful people I on the planet that I've known during the entirety of the pandemic. So for that to happen is irony, first and foremost, oh, yeah. to the Alanis Morissette. Um, so other than that, yeah, someone came to Din Din's who didn't feel well and nobody had any idea till the next day when they tested positive for COVID. Shit happens, what have you. I was asymptomatic the entire time. I had a weird itchy nose uh, a few days later. Kind of like, you know, like tree pollen allergies where you get yeah. a little numb. You get a little numb. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, people started testing positive Monday after. And I was like, well, shit, I'll just test. And then I got a positive test. Again, totally asymptomatic. Um, and then continued to test negative the rest of the days. So Tuesday, Wednesday, like, did mm. I did I have it? If I had it, did my body fight it off just enough to give me like a teeny bit of viral load just to show up on that positive test? Here we are so many years later. I finally got it. And like my body, as to quote James Dunn, friend of the podcast, I just chewed it up and spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Hooray for immune systems, I, you know? They're really incredible. And again, I told you I've had my working theory that you having to do such close face-to-face work with oh, clients. Yeah. I've even been though, doing bumps, bumps yep, of COVID. Mm-hmm. You've been microdosing COVID for <laughs> like, three well, years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it, it was a little bit of a mind fuck because I was like, do I have it? Do I not have it? Can I do this? Can I not do this? Brian didn't have uh, Thanksgiving because he, with me, because he had to work, but mm-hmm. was thoroughly exposed to me and like, I was totally fine. We're fine. I love it. I love it. Yeah. But it did, it threw us into a little bit of chaos. So we apologize, everybody. They were um, kind of isolating and wait, yeah, waiting we to had see to if take it was. Yeah, we a little week. We didn't know how things were going to go. Yeah. So hence, uh, I hope you enjoyed um, last week's episode of Add-ons. And if you weren't sure, you are listening to Sidework Podcast, everybody. Hi, I'm your host, Brooke <laughs> Van Poplin. Hi, guys. I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. Oh, boy. And here we God. are. 
in God the, bless. In the hop and swingin' uh, holiday season, it is officially December. Wowie wowie. Um, I'm intermittent fasting, and I can now, at this very moment, actually enjoy a little protein shake. So I'm going to take a sip because I'm feeling oh. a little peckish, Brooke. Okay. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. please. I need you full strength. Yeah. For the podcast. Protein shake and Adderall. I'm ready to go. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just coffee and conviction. Um, I, guys, fun update. I am, they pulled me back in once again. I'm catering for a living, baby. I think that's great. How did your shift go? It was really fun. I was kind of giddy about it because I was just like, yo, dude, I'm good at this. And yeah, like, remember when? And I know, I know what that is. I know what you're talking about when you ask me to do these things. <laughs> There was just a lot of, um, and the nice thing too, I wasn't nervous to go do this. It was more just like, oh, what are the people at this party going to be like? It was like a private party up in a really really rich person's home. So it's like, it's fancy. It's a level of money and care. And like we were taking care of about 35 people, um, giving them beautiful food to eat, looking after dietary needs, getting them drinks, clearing, all, you know, all that stuff. Everyone was really, really nice. We were at one point paused down to watch these. Um, we'll just say there were some celebs and very rich people in this group mm-hmm. uh, doing their white elephant exchange where they're like, guys, nobody spend more than one thousand dollars. OK, <laughs> so. It was crazy to be like wearing a black tie and a black shirt and watching people give each other sharper image um, presents or like Chanel number five. And you're just like, holy shit, dude. So I mean, I think it's great. You know, I feel like I would assume getting back into it. It's like, you know, there's social awkwardness with just me going out of the house to like get ready to go out for the night anymore. So I imagine it's just kind of those feels, you know. And I will say this for anyone who's maybe been a little like, you know, I really was kind of like, I knew that this was going to be an opportunity to make up for a lot of lost wages over the last couple of months. And I just was really dragging my heels to do it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to put it out there to anyone who might be in the same boat. Um, it, like there was something really awesome about now being a 45 year old and everyone we were working with, it was it was a chef, a sous chef, me as the server, and a cater captain who was also the bartender. We were all over 40. Clearly, everyone was just like, I love doing this job. Like, this is the jam. This is where the money's at. And uh, we just vibe. There was a sense of, like, everyone was really good and responsible. I immediately, like, got to like them all and get the vibe within, like, 20 minutes, cracked a few jokes, tested the water. I was like, oh, good. They're all twisted motherfuckers. Like, they're mm-hmm. perfect. <laughs> like, you know, they're front-facing professional. But the minute yeah. the, the homeowner's out of earshot, like, yeah. we're all, you know. Everyone's nuanced. <laughs> nuanced. And, it, and it, it was really, really fun. And um, there, it just, there was, like, such a confidence in terms of, like, hey, like, I'm also now an adult who has hosted my own parties. So I, I feel like I anticipate what this homeowner and host wants and needs and Mm -hmm. how to be really good to people. And, um, it was just really nice and different because you're just making everyone else happy, but no one's like barking an order at you. So that there was like a really nice difference in just being like really helpful and making people happy and, and not having the, um, 
I'm still going to maybe get a restaurant job, but the catering stuff is is kind of tight right now. I like Great. it. Great. That's awesome. I mean, it yeah. sounds like if that's kind of the vibe you're going to do is like small little parties in general, and that's kind of like this company's vibe, then hooray for that. Hooray. And, you know, I got to say, shout out to Woe Nelly Catering, which is our friend Amber Bollinger's. What a fun name. Catering company. She's so fun. She's killing it. She's uh, been a guest of the show. And just to have this come full circle and for her to basically be working with our other friend of the show, Aaliyah, catering mm-hmm. together. Aaliyah is the one who dropped my name but didn't say who I was. And she's like, so I have this friend looking for some gigs. She has a podcast. And Amber's like, that's crazy. I have a friend who has a podcast. They were both like, yeah, I was on it. She's like, I was on it too. And they're like, are you talking about Brooke? <laughs> So I got a glowing recommendation. And That's yeah, awesome. Amber brought me on. And so I feel like happy. I should just come do one shift with you just so we can you, like, do it together. I think uh, Tiff, Tiff Putterbaugh has been onboarded as a bartender. So Nice. Great. Yeah, love baby. It. Anyway, so it just was, uh, and I would love to do, we, sh- we sh- she should hire you for a shift as a bartender. You I'd should do it. Super fun, actually. I would probably be, yeah, just for the the, the feels, the fun, the we'll, work we'll together. Pa- We'll podcast live from it. And really yeah, I'm make sure the, the homeowners would be like totally fine with that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like one big episode of Party Down waiting to happen for oh. sure. Anyways, um, well, seasonal great. work, seasonal work, great. baby. And it's, it's helping. Great. Well, let's let's pop into some headlines, shall we? This this headline makes me so happy. Oh, my God. This one is Food and Wine. And I just want to I always want to shout out to Food and Wine because they're fucking killing it. Like, I was just like, we should work. Hi, Food and Wine. We should work for you. Hi. Brooke and I should work Hi. for you. Um, I think we'd have a lot to contribute. Anyway, uh, McDonald's has brought back. a Well, I mean, what do you think of when you think of McDonald's, Brooke? Like, that's that's like. Like well, childhood consider- nostalgia, like absolutely the ball pit, getting scabies in the ball pit. You know, delicious food, uh, yeah, positive yeah. things like Happy Meals. Happy Meals. So McDonald's has adult Happy Meals now. This is what, and they're coming with a classic toy. So this is a new thing. I mean, this is like straight crazy nostalgia. I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I guess they did do like a cactus plant flea market box last year as like a collab with a fashion brand like Lifestyle. So, you know, these are like adult collectibles that they're like trying to throw out there because, you know, nerds like their collectibles, you know, and they kind of get them anywhere they can. So this time around, uh, this is with a DJ and uh, fashion designer, uh, Kerwin Frost, who I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is, bro? No, no. It's, it's you know, okay. It's okay. But you, you get like a classic, you know, like the McNuggets with the beady eyeballs. Remember those guys? I love those. Love them. Um, the characters, I don't even know if they have names. I don't, I don't think I've, I'm sure they do, but I never got deep divey on that front, but you can get either a Big Mac or a 10 piece McNugget, uh, and then fries and a soda of your choice. So, oh, they're Nugget Buddies, McNugget Buddies. That's what they're called. Yes. Um, but I'm yeah. sure there's a girl nugget. I'm sure there's a girl McNugget. Yeah, like one a real girl nugget. I know. She, I know. They're always because so. diversity. Anyway, because totes diversity. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. It just it does. It is hilarious. It is funny that these are, you know, things that are happening in the world right now. Well, and there's like there's definitely a lot of nostalgia. Like you see the pendulum swinging back with like everyone being so snooty with fine dining that now the hipster thing here in L.A. is to go to that restaurant called Chain, mm-hmm. you know, you know, where it's like you eat purposeful 
like food out of what looks like a Happy Meal box and it's yeah. homemade fast food and and like it really does bring out the kid in people and the joy yeah. and it's like there's like nothing wrong. Uh, uh, there was a chain um like a food chain like con- food convention where you could go. And like you could go to like all the different booths and like all the like the big chains had like little bites of food and like people were going nutso over that too. You know, it is interesting. Like, I mean, nostalgia, what it what it, you know, in a, in a from a psychology point of view, isn't nostalgia supposed to kind of like take you back to a happier time because your present isn't going so well? Isn't that kind of <laughs> what it's supposed to be? You know, if people are like, Well, everything's kind of shit. I guess McDonald's is like, let's just bring back the happy meal and like I think everybody will be okay, right? Thumbs yeah, up. And- yeah, kids and, and and not just kids, but the adults can get the adult version too. Um, All right, and I I tried to put myself. I was like, what well, this class? I don't even know who this like designer DJ is. Like Happy Meals, and like that doesn't go back to my time. But I'm like, oh right, kids grew up with Happy Meals since like they were the inception of them. So who am I to say anything? Tons of different generations. McDonald's is brilliant at marketing, and they've they've just kind of reinvented things for the public to go crazy over since mm-hmm. they open. And I mean, we still have my uh, McDonald's and like Muppets Take Manhattan mashup glasses. Hell like, yeah. Like my parents have the glassware. I think they did a mashup with Peanuts too, you know? Yeah, so Charlie they had, Brown they had and Garfield, Snoopy. I think too. Yes. They, yeah, they definitely did that. Um, I know the glassware was dope. Yeah, so we still have a few of those pieces. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ask my parents where those are because I think they trust me with them now. Now that I'm 45 years old, I can maybe have them. You're like they're for my cocktails only. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or they gave them to me and I already lost them. I don't know. Anyways. All right. I love that hap- I love that happy happy meal headline. Um, this one is a bit of a whoopsies. Uh, so talking about other fast food chains, Red Lobster is in the red, baby. <laughs> um, essentially, they found out that they lost a shit ton of money by running their all-you-can-eat shrimp special and people uh, in this economy taking a little too much advantage of it. $11 million loss in the third quarter. Now that's a lot of shrimp. $11 million worth of consumed shrimp that they were not expecting. So here's the deal. Red Lobster in 2023 had been running its ultimate endless shrimp deal, which would allow customers to pay just 20 bucks for all they could eat shrimp. And they say that this is partly to blame for its $11 million loss. Um, so now they are going to raise it to $25 uh-huh, uh-huh. because they like they had to because they were almost on the verge of losing $20 million worth of consumed shrimp. I mean, that's still a really amazing deal. I, I, I would, I think, you know. How much shrimp can you eat, bitch? Uh, a you lot. Know? I mean, I would go for it. I mean, I maybe I, I yeah, I mean, I would go for it if I was like, can I go there? But whatever. But yeah. Oh, good. Godspeed. Red Lobster. I hope it works out for everybody. Right. You know, they were trying to draw, you know, drive traffic. And instead of like getting like it got more people in, but they all took that deal. And so they lost that shrimp money. Um. Yeah. I mean, you still get cheddar cheddar bay biscuits with your meal, and and the menu includes a selection of garlic shrimp, scampi, coconut shrimp, shrimp linguine Alfredo, Walt's favorite shrimp. I don't know what that is. I'm gonna have to look it up right now. And the garlic grilled shrimp skewer. I feel like I'm doing a weird advertisement. I know. I know. 
Listen, I go when I go, I go fancy. I get crab legs and cheddar bay biscuits, baby. I don't want that scampy. It's like weird and anemic and little. Yeah, and maybe like, it floats in a weird oil, like oil butter. It's not even like yeah. Uh, Walt's favorite shrimp is just I think it's just with cocktail sauce. I think it's just regular old. And I gotta look. <laughs> oh, it's just like fried breaded shrimp. Just good old fashioned mm-hmm. fried breaded shrimp with cocktail sauce. Ain't I'll take wrong that. With that. Mm-mm. Anyways, better luck to you in the year 2024, Red Lobster. Um, <laughs> just thought that's important news you guys should know. Uh, should we jump into a server? Submitted. Starry. Got one. All right, let's do it. All right, here's the subject line of this email. New condos and candleless ruined lives. <laughs> Greetings from Florida. Uh, I was turned onto your podcast by our mutual friends, Marlon and Danny from The Modern Waiter. Hi, guys. We love ya. I've been seasoned and soiled in this restaurant game for nearly 20 years. Several years ago, I took the leap of faith and exited stage left for a bit. Hello. Been there. Back. So she goes on to say, eventually, I reentered the scene, but on a seasonal basis. After a few years of blood blood, sweat, and a lot of stains, I recently achieved the unthinkable and purchased my first home. Nice. Yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, dreams can come true, all 638 square feet of them. (laughs) Anyways, you ladies have been a true source of entertainment throughout renovations and unpacking, and in a way, you are my first guests in my home. Wow. She says, so welcome. Tequila for everyone. I'm on board with that. Me too. So I officially had my first shift of the season the other night. Aside from the kitchen falling apart and my table witnessing the chef berate a line cook to the point of quitting, it was a typical subpar evening. I was consoled in the thought that I was getting the bad vibes out of the way early. Not so much. (laughs) The next evening definitely went a lot smoother than the night before. Food was appropriate appropriately timed people were laughing all was seemingly copacetic up until the final moments of the evening when the gentleman at my table scolded me in the middle of the restaurant announcing you tell the owner that i am never spending another fucking nickel in this place again and you tell them that he has ruined my life (laughs) before stomping (laughs) off what could have possibly inspired this kind of rage let's find out andrew okay the long and short of it was that he secretly notified the hostess of his wife's 60th 60th birthday. The message never found its way to me, the server. So when her tiramisu came out, sans candle, life ceased to exist. Oh, no! Anyways, I just wanted to share this giggle of a tragedy and thank you ladies for entertaining me and casting a zen on what anticipates to be quite a season. Godspeed and good tips, Monica. Oh my God, you ruined my life. (laughs) I had one job and I failed as a husband and a man. Hot hot tip, hot tip for this dipshit. If you want to make sure it gets done, you got to bring take them with you. You take them with you, you fucking man. Oh my lord! I mean, it's. I assume they're one of those couples. Like she wants the show, she wants him to do. You know, or he wants it. I don't know where it is, but like. uh, Great. Who cares? No, like (laughs) no aggressive handy for you tonight, buddy. There's, there's no I mean, dry handy in your future. I do think that it is like 
for this person to go after the owner instead of Monica is great. <laughs> to be like, for, you know, I think, I mean, yes, scolding, scolding, yes, and announcing that. I mean, I guess maybe it was both, like, if he announced, like, whatever, and, and then also scolded her. But, like, this is all I'm getting from it. But I do like it that the owner's the one that got, like, the brunt of the hit. This is an amazing story. Monica, <sighs> you're the best. <laughs> Monica, yeah, keep writing in. And um, it'd be fun. Maybe one of the topics coming up in the new year could be returning to the service industry. And you could be a guest because yeah. we, we would all have a lot to talk about. Awesome. Well, you guys, um, seriously, love it when you email us or DM us, whatever you like, but uh, drop us an email, sideworkpod at gmail.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, so topic of the day. This has been on our list uh, of topics I don't know, for years, I think, at this point. Um, and we're finally going to dive deep into it. I don't know, blast off, if you will, elevate the uh, topic. Um, and we're going to talk about flight attendants. As, uh, woo, there's so much to cover. So let's let's buckle up. Let's, uh, you know, put our trait tables in their upright positions and our seat backs uh, in their upright position. I don't know all the lingo, but toward the end, we're all going to know a lot more about, you know, the, uh, the history of flight attendants and just, you know, I think we're all kind of like have scratched the surface on like all the insanity that can ensue on flights and what these people have to deal with. But let's just get a, let's get started with the, the basic responsibilities. If you were just like, I'm going to apply to be a flight attendant. Right. right. And, 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 mm -hmm. and like, like before we get into that, I have a burning question to ask you, Andrea, because mm -hmm. I looked de I looked deep within my own soul. Uh huh. Do you, do you think you would be good at this job? Uh, oh, <laughs> I it's think more I about be. being up in the air. Like I right. think I'd be great at it, but it's more just like going up and down and up and down. I think my body would just have to physically get used to it. But yeah, well, I think I I think to. I'd be able yeah. to be like yeah, I could I could I mean honestly, I could I deal with like doing beverage service while like somebody's like maybe like ODing in a bathroom mate pro, you know, like there's so much to handle. So I don't know. The answer is like, I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I but I'm just, leaning. Yes. I'm leaning. Yes. Um, I just, you, just, you, you were on board. You were, you were. Yes. 
I, I think so, especially as someone who it took a while to get a little over my nervousness around flying. You really do see the ins and outs of it. And you look to the flight attendants to be like, this is just this is nothing if they're not you know, flapped by anything. Yeah. Like they yeah. just, they're the ultimate flyers. And it, no, it's-, it's true. And the perks, I suppose, are pretty amazing. You know, it is like a weird, the hours are weird. The pay is weird, but you know, we'll get into it later. If you're seasoned and I'm doing it for a long time, you can, you can bring home a grip of cash, you, you know, sure can. I-, I was just planting the seed for any of us service industry people who, you know, might want to try something different one but I still have a like you know I don't know if you're like this but when I'm on a flight I always say I greet all of the flight attendants I say hello I'm like I'm on your level like we're great so anyway so let's roll into it here's the, the the basic responsibilities okay so demonstrating the use of emergency and safety equipment yes we know that uh serving beverages meals and snacks providing additional assistance to passengers with special needs Reassuring passengers during aircraft turbulence. <laughs> be like, you're going to be fine. Everything's okay. Um, administering first aid and medical care if required in a case of em- an emergency. And then providing instruction, including emergency evacuation procedures to passengers. Very basic. This is We see this on every single flight. Yes, every flight attendant I've seen does this. We all know the drill. But here's, I think, from like the, I'm seeing the filter of it through this podcast through what we speak about in the service industry. And then I think that means that the job description is you are, if we're breaking it into restaurant responsibilities. I love that you did this. You're a host, right? Mm -hmm. You're greeting people. You're taking them to their seats. You're making sure they're comfortable. You're a fucking coat check because you're just like, let me help you with your stuff and that luggage. In in first class, you're 100% coat check. Oh, literally hang up rich men's blazers you mm-hmm. know there's like a little like yeah you ha- yes absolutely a suit jacket area mm-hmm. um you were a cocktail server obviously you were bringing alcohol people are getting surly you're probably getting treated like a cocktail server sometimes as well the more drinks people have um you were a bartender because you are making the drinks obviously you are a cook you know, because you were putting together food and depending on which galley you are working in, you're probably in charge of doing some sort of like maybe a little bit more intense meal prep, depending on what class, what caste mm-hmm. system you're in on the airplane. Um, you are a busser, uh, you know, gloved with a trash bag is like a flight attendant's like last, you know, that's the last call. Right. If you will. Um, you're a manager, obviously you have to make hierarchy decisions all the time. Um, and you're a bouncer, you know, (laughs) so all of these things in one, I mean, I was going to put dishwasher on there, but I, I think things just like go into cabinets and like they get another crew deals with all that stuff. That's when you land and the crew comes to take all the the trash and the dirty dishes and and what have you. Yes. There's no one like in a sink with, um, gloves on. No, uh, nobody's back there scrubbing. I haven't seen one. I have not seen, I have not heard the dishwasher running Planes at all. Planes do not have dish pigs. No. Um, let's add on that, like you said before too, you can also end up being a medic uh, if something yes. pops off. Yes. And uh, and then let's add the new category of a stand-up comedian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's very true. Spirit there, Airlines, I, anyone? Southwest yeah. Airlines, anyone? Yeah. I know, I know. You know, but all of these together, to, to have all of these jobs under one job specifically Mm -hmm. like all these things you have to do 
that is so much to, to, to handle, to manage, to multitask. Like you really, and you're in a confined tight space, you know? So. Well, that too, when you're in the air and you also don't know if you're like the difference is like, say like a reservation and, you know, like a restaurant's running behind, you know, you haven't mm-hmm. timed your seatings correct. That's about as crazy as it can get. This can all be thrown if you have like a three hour delay and they make everyone sit on the tarmac and, that usually happens where flight attendants aren't allowed to get up and serve you, depending mm-hmm. on what kind of situation it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's where that situation really gets thrown into the weeds. No, totally. And if there's like turbulence or something and you're they're not right. allowed to do beverage service, like that puts a delay on thing, mm-hmm. you know? And it, it's, yeah, there's so much involved in it because um, you're just basically a slave to the elements, you know, yep. more than anything. Um, so let's get into like a little history of flight attendants, you know, because it's, you know, we've been flying in the air commercially for several decades now. Um, so although the first flight attendants uh, are predominantly female and this this whole a lot of this is going to lean like a little bit more toward the female side of things, because that's just like that was the job. That's who was hired. And there was a lot of like bullshit involved in it. So we're going to cover a lot of that. But everybody, you know, assumes that it's mostly a female job or was. But the world's first flight attendant was actually a German man named Henrik Kubis, um, who was credited with assisting passengers on Zeppelins. So specifically the Dilag Zeppelin LZ-10 Schwaben. Um, wow. That's the one. But this motherfucker was on the Hindenburg. Yeah. And he I- is he survived by jumping out of a window. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> that that thing fell like a lead balloon, and oh boy, um, just yep, and burst into flames above the sky. So basically, men were the only stewards hired initially on planes. Um, you know, they were called cabin boys. You know, and in the 1920s, uh, uh, U.S. carriers like Stout Airways, Western Airlines, and Pan Am followed suit. So that's really all we had for a while um, until the 1930s. All right. right. So the world's first female flight attendant was a registered nurse named Ellen Church, and she began flying at age 25. And she originally wanted to be a pilot, but the manager of Boeing, right, in San Francisco, suggested that she and her fellow nurses become flight attendants and wrote a letter, okay? This guy wrote a letter to his boss saying, imagine the psychology of having young women as regular members of the crew. Imagine the tremendous effect it would have on the traveling public. Also imagine the value they would have to see, you know, women doing a neater and nicer method of serving food and looking out for passengers' welfare. Mommy, mommy, take care of me, mommy. Young lady, help me, help me. So, I do this fact though that you said initially the first flight attendants were only registered nurses. Yeah, which is now, kind of amazing. It's what we were talking about. And now I'm picturing Kathleen and Sue up in the oh air. Oh my God. With the given the ha- ha- hangover helpers, mommy yep. flight attendants is what you're saying. Yeah. So originally, um, Ellen Church, she worked together to devise a scheme where nurses were hired for three months at a time to travel. Um, and then on board, they would look after passengers to quell their fear of flying, which I guess it does make sense because this is a new thing in the 30s at this point. People are like, yeah, I want to do this, but I'm going to freak the f- about to freak the fuck out. You no know, kidding. I mean, those people were actually very adventurous. The first, you know, 
the first cross country flights, the first two hour flight when we still didn't know what commercial flying was like those people are truly brave. Totally. And I don't think, you know, when we're talking about these planes. I don't really I it's not like a luxury like it's not that it's a luxury experience, but it was a much different, you know, air aircraft at that point. Like you're not getting cushy seats. I think it was a whole hell of a lot louder. You know, more than anything, you're not you don't have headphones. It's just you and the open sky and, you know, and God. Um, so how up? standing around smoking <laughs> yeah, for sure. No seatbelts. So during the Second World War, um, many nurses were enlisted to join the armed forces. And so basically having, you know, these nurses as flight attendant attendants that diminished and then having them as, you know, just hiring regular old ladies mm-hmm. was like was that became the norm. <laughs> So here we are into the 1940s. So at the end um, of the into the 30s and into the 40s, the responsibilities of the flight attendants grew marginally. Uh, they cleaned the cabin, dusted, they bolted down seats, and they restrained passengers from tossing garbage out of windows. You, why could you open a window in an airplane? This is the Andrea? thing. I, I mean, this is the, that's what I mean. But it's like I think you could just you open your window and toss out your trash. You know, those were the days of I, that dying <laughs> yeah like you gotta make sure those seats are bolted down before we take off though so, you know i do really think it was more of like i i assume it was like flight attendants at that point were just more of like doing acrobatic work like they probably had to go out onto the wing to fix something during a flight or you know like that's what i'm imagining but they're basically just there to like be like y'all need to sit <laughs> we're not we're not gonna ask again okay no put no put more your arm back inside the vehicle Quit trying to start a campfire in the middle of the plane to get warm. Um, it does seem a little bit more hillbilly, but still, I still imagine it costs a lot of money to actually fly at this point, too. Okay, so the functionality of the uniforms also, like, had they improved with, to a restrained a restrained elegance. Um, yeah, and in 1944, the TWA suit imagined by Hollywood fashion designer Howard Gere uh, which I think is what we definitely kind of the hat, the scarf, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of take hold, took hold. And that gets us to like more of like a present day, um, you know, iconic like a, image. Right. And a one piece uniform because they can't spend their whole flight mm-hmm. tucking everything back in, especially when it says they used to help fuel the planes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I know you can't be coming in like drenched in jet fuel and high heels, you know, and have Although- to retuck. Absolutely. So 1944-45, the flight attendant school uh, for stewardesses, which is called the Association of Flight Attendants, and the union was was established. And this is where we're getting more of like we're calling them stewardesses. Great. So. All right. Here we go. Still with me? Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. I can... No, I'm just laughing because, like I told you, that my neighbors are getting a um a like their humongous. Oh, can you see it happening out your window? Um, they can't get it out of the house. No. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, I was like, I was only texting for a second because I was like, "What's going on, guys?" You know, you guys um, okay? Do we just need to like bust this thing through the wall? Um, okay. So the 1950s roll around, the 60s roll around, and here we are, right? Shit's getting pumping. This is like a real like heyday. This, this is, is a, like, yeah. this is the luxury in the sky. This is what everybody thinks when they think of like old school retro stewardesses, right? Mm-hmm. This is seen as an elite profession 
but with very strict conditions. I mean, this is getting into like Playboy Bunny territory. Yes. In fact, I I think that stewardesses were first, and I guarantee like the Playboy Bunny like. I think limitations like just followed suit. So only young unmarried females were accepted to apply. And of course, appearance was very important. If you wanted to get married, you had to resign. And all girls, I think, had to retire by age 30. So this is a young woman's job. This is like a Harvey girls in the sky situation. I was just going to say it's the Harvey girls all over again. It's like, you want to be in the workforce? No problem, sweetie. Yeah. What is going to try and marry you off and make you, you have to be available to hire like, and you meet a rich businessman and marry him and he'll take you away. And you're a a sky whore. Oh my God. Uh, Okay. Who is, who uh, we're all sky whores. I, I, you as a bad. Okay. So uniforms were form fitting and featured accessories, including the likes of hats, high heeled shoes and white gloves. Um, and as a result, a certain glamorous reputation was perceived. Um, in the late 1960s, the fashion started to change to move with the times and mini skirts and hot pants became more widespread. So obviously airlines used stewardesses to appeal to the image of most male passengers traveling for business, you know, and they wanted, they, there was like the provocative, promiscuous look to them, right? And so things started to change uh, in the 1970s again when fucking i love the 70s by the way like i just think the 1970s were so great and fucking progressive so in the 1970s things started to change with unions and equal rights between men and women and wanting less discrimination um more males started to join as air stewards right and this is where we get the change from steward stewardesses to flight attendant Mm -hmm. um for in the u.s to you know put everybody into one category and not separate them by gender so great Amazing. Um, Amazing. Amazing. But in 1968, federal court struck down the rules forbidding marriage and age requirements, right? So no more discrimination, Mm -hmm. as we know. Being washed up by age 30. Completely. And the momentum continued into the 1970s, like we were saying. So under the pressure, rules against flight attendants being pregnant were also withdrawn by most airlines. Most notably, in a landmark uh, 1971 decision, the Supreme Court ruled that airlines could not discriminate against men also. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. I mean, this is all, all great. So I, I, I personally, I love the progress. I think it's great, you know, but it, it is interesting that there were about two decade, decades there where women were grounded between 32 and 35, if not, you know, like at 30. Um, the no marriage rule just in general was totally crazy. Not to mention, I'm sure the sexual harassment was just like so fucking disgusting and rampant. Like, it's just like, it's like everything else we've talked about when we've done like the, you know, women in history, basically on this podcast, it's just the same shit over and over again. It's like, Oh, you want to be part of a man's world, honey? Well, come on in, you know, come and, uh, on in. You asked for it. And you're you know, like and- stuck in like a teeny little area for hours and hours with like creeps. You know what I mean? Like, if you, a lot like, of handsy stuff. I mean, I would imagine a lot of these like women had to be really great teammates with each other and just to be there sure. had to be code for everything, you know, whether someone's cute and like they were going with the flow or whether or not like it was like we need to shut this down any way possible, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. So moving on to the 1980s. Um so flight attendants were still younger than the average uh overall US in the workforce, but that began to shift. So, you know, it's still predominantly female with like 19.3 males per 100 females in the workforce. But that yeah. too is changing. And yeah, 
So basically things are starting to even out, even keel, um, you know, conventional things came more into place. So like basically uniforms went to more business like type mm-hmm. looks and not sexy, like more. Yeah. Like, like, let's just like well, not just wear heels it's, all day. Yeah. Right, it's but it's also gender neutral at this point. Completely. Totally fine. Um, and since the 1990s, popping in there, becoming a flight attendant only requires a high school degree. So which is also like pretty great. Well, and they were also saying so like like the big thing that happened too, like we were saying in the 70s and all of this like union strong action that's happening. Um, basically, they they helped deregulate the airline industry. Yep. So what that did was result in you know, fares where, you know, we get our spirit airlines, we get the regular person can finally get on a flight instead of having to drive cross country to do what they're going to do. It was, Mm -hmm. it was opening the gates for everybody, um, to start doing this and to be the really popular and preferred way to travel. Um, so basically having to deal with more commercial flights because everyone can do it now. They had to like turn the uniforms into being functional, not just looking like eye candy. Yeah. Apparently, weight discriminations only dropped in the 1990s. That's not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, by the early 2000s, female cabin crew could stay, could not, you know, they could stay on and they didn't have to retire until 55. So that's like, pretty normal. And I imagine 55 because of just like what being in the air physically does to your body, like after yes. a certain age. I think I've read that before. Like that's why they, it's pilots too. You know, they want to ground you at a certain point because after a certain time, your body's just going to like start to osteoporosis itself. I mean, we're so, you know, it's, it's something I think with your bones, your muscles, like will just like go a little more, but a little don't more quote me on that. Yeah. Send us a, you know, you can always email us if you know the, yeah. the answers yeah, to stop that. Stop spreading your conspiracy I'm theories. not spreading it. I think I, 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 I maybe. Your bones turn to glass. But a lot more functionality. Yeah. Now it's just a lot of like, you know, I I think it just depends on like uniforms per airline. Some of them have like nicer, but I think it's more like, like a, like a polo and a skirt or some khakis, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but I mean, like, let's be fair in terms of the work uniform. uh, There are some airlines that just are like, hey, how how can we fuck over our employees with the like make them look like they work at Wendy's <laughs> I know. like or Target yeah yeah for sure. and and who was it I forget uh, I'll have to look this up but it, I think it's like a spirit and a few other airlines are finally getting a much needed work uniform makeover great some like there are a few of them that were like like not wearing good. the like po- they looked like they were bus drivers. Yeah. <laughs> there were some really rough ones like polyester pants, a vest and a short-sleeved like blouse and a tie and I was like, "Oh, this is rough." I mean, that's why I love Hawaiian Airlines cuz like you just they just wear like a cute short sleeve collared Hawaiian shirt and like pants and they look so cozy and nice, you know? It's, and it's, yeah, you can do it. I've seen on that airline, you can do the Hawaiian shirt with like a fitted like pencil skirt. Yeah. Which looks really cute. Yeah. I have to say, I also appreciate the jet blue outfits because you can kind of get the one piece, like just a cute little dress or they let you do the slacks or, you know, it's sort of like choose what you feel best in. And yeah. You, you probably have in. like four or five different options to choose from. And mm-hmm. I think, I wonder if they still like break it down depending on like where you're flying to. Like if there's certain days of the week, you everybody oh, has to wear yeah. certain specific outfits. 
Um, and you, I mean, you know for a fact too, like you know that first class attendants wear a slightly nicer uniform. Oh yeah, where absolutely. Those working back in in the main cabin, you know, have more of like the you know, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a fucking garbage collector, um, vibe. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I have not, uh, I have not done a lot of first class flights, but someday. Um, so in recent years, some airlines even allow visible tattoos mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. And, and make it for male and female employees, exactly. which I think is amazing. Um, obviously, in the Middle East, there's still a lot of restrictions. You know, that's just what this says. And uh, by the way, I should cite our sources today. Um, yeah. CN Traveler and then Simple Flying are where I've got uh, a lot of this great history. Um, but yeah, I think things have really changed. And, you know, I think... You know, there's been a bigger introduction of safety regulations, obviously, yes. like since 9-11, like flying has become like a little crazier. There's so many more restrictions as far as security and safety. Um, so what you can have on a flight, what you can't have on a flight. And I think, you know, we've talked about it and everybody talks about it. It's just like, you know, it's just turned into just kind of a tedious, crappy experience. You just have to put your head down and go through and slog through. Well, and and to be fair, too, I think, you know, in our, our post 9-11 world, um, you mess around with people and, you know, pilots or flight attendants in the air and you do any like you have a federal not a fe- you have a felony. I mean, it's yeah. like it's a federal charge. You're in so much fucking trouble. You yeah, do, air like, marshals, baby. Air marshals. And then like. You know, basically the police are waiting for you when the plane lands. Like, so it's this just is the like, bouncer portion of the job. This is the bouncer <laughs> portion of the job. Um, so it sucks because the flight attendants, like until they can land, it it can be a tense and scary and weird job, especially when you're doing the situation where you're zip tying someone to their seat. Yeah. Um, and you just have to finish the flight and then wait for the cops to show up. But absolutely. So it's, Flying has gotten far nuttier. You well, know? especially and even I, I think personally far more nuttier with COVID and the restrictions oh, we'll there get, and the mask. I mean, that to me is like, fuck. oh, don't worry. We're going to yeah. get into that in part two of this episode. But I I do love um, my friend Janelle James, who's a great comedian. She's on um, Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. She plays the principal. Her special on Netflix, her comedy special is so great. She does this whole bit, especially when they drop the fl- uh, the price of flights during the pandemic because they were being hit so hard. Um, she's like, what's going on? She's like, there are bus people on planes now. And like, yeah. she's like, what are these bus people <laughs> doing in the air? And it's like the funniest freaking bit. But, you know, it is the truth. The more you do let, the, you know, the kind of like the Greyhound riders are up here now, too. And um, mm-hmm. so you you do it's. It's you have to pay if you even want like an ounce of class. It's it has been, you know, made a a more socialist experience. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone can get on a plane and I love it. But yeah, you're going to be sent next to a bus person. Um, I mean, I know people who are I I have a a friend who is specifically like flying to Paris, her and her husband, just so they can reach their Delta Platinum level for next year. You know, My, my mom tried to do that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but here we let's talk about a little bit of a, a pay. Ooh, I just thought yes. this was interesting to bring up. You know, I've got like uh, a little graph here with all the airlines broken down with kind of what you're starting. And the, show the, me the money. You know, show me the I money, think baby. The, the, the average starting is about like 30,000, maybe less a year, right? You're probably getting less shifts. You're probably getting less hourly. Um, there is a thing where it's like most of it is hourly. I don't really think you're salaried on a ton of airlines. If you are and you're getting more benefits, that's great. But from what I understand, 
understand you're making an hourly wage um, and that does not start until the cabin door is secured. Mm -hmm. Until Mm -hmm. that door is shut, you are not getting paid. Right. So that's why they're like, everybody get the fuck on this plane. Right. I'm not making shit right now. Like, I don't do this shit for free, even though I'm doing it for free right now. No, (laughs) no, no. Um, But, you know, a seasoned, uh, you know, Flight attendant who's been there for a long time could make upwards to a hundred thousand dollars. The JetBlue and United being the top pay for that. And now so, we didn't look. We didn't look into the recent stats of this just yet, but we could pause down and I could look. But then, like, let's also talk about the flying perks. You know, oh Traveling yeah, traveling on your own time and basically getting free airfare or Absolutely. hopping on a plane somewhere else. Or yep. even if just the idea of doing a night or two somewhere on the other side of the world, even mm-hmm. though you're working, is really exciting to you. Like, it's a lifestyle, man. I mean, I was someone was talking to me recently and they were saying that, like, you know, uh, L.A. to San Francisco, Burbank to San Francisco is just like a cute, great little flight. Usually the planes are smaller. I think mm-hmm. it's like, you know, and tons of people are flying back all day back and forth because it's oh, such yeah. a business commuter. But someone was saying the trend is that they're seeing like way more female planes, uh, pilots and just whole entire female crews. Just, which I think is awesome, you know, just like making sure everybody's going back and forth from San Francisco to L.A. all day. I love but, that. Our our friend of the pod and friend in real life, Mara Heron, is trying to get that pilot's license. Yeah. I know. Oh, my God. There's nothing that she will not accomplish, in my opinion. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I think that's a really good place to to stop yes, for today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into the nitty gritty and where um basically like uh this part two of the f- servers in the sky is gonna get juicy. Yeah, yeah. All we're right, you guys. Well, yeah. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed this first part of flight attendance. If you have any server submitted stories, please send them our way to sideworkpod at gmail.com and we will <gasps> see you next week for God's two. Godspeed and good tips, everybody. Good tips. I made good tips.